switched on on F104 and we're joined by the author of Gaffs Why No One Can Get a House, Rory Hearn. Thank you very much for chatting to us. So obviously last week we were chatting about the eviction ban. We've been constantly chatting about the housing crisis for a very long time now. But where do we sit at the moment with it? Yeah, it, it's we're in a strange place in that I thought the housing crisis in some ways had reached its peak Um Yes, you know, late late last year, um, and house prices have started to fall somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a wider sense of when we look at the eviction ban, the scale of evictions, you look at the number of young people and not so young people who are stuck living at home, close to half a million. Um, emigration returning again, forced emigration, this time for the first time in our history, people having to leave the country because of not being able to see a future where they get a home here, um, homelessness at its highest rate ever. Things are actually worse and could get even worse um, and are likely to with the lifting of the eviction ban. And when we look at the issue of supply, which is you know what the government bang on about all the time, the supply of houses, on the one hand, we are seeing you know, an increase in social housing, which is good mm-hmm. and is needed. That is the positive, that is the light kind of there. Um, but on the other hand, kind of areas that the government had banked um, on working for housing in terms of the private sector, developers, investor funds, we're seeing them slowing down now because of issues of cost. Um, and even the investor funds, the whole, like, swathe of apartments they've built and you can see them around Dublin now they're just completely unaffordable for people um, for most people and I think that in some ways we're reaching boiling pro- boiling point with mm-hmm. the crisis um, and I feel really bad because it's so in many ways negative um, but it, that's the reality that yeah. you know there's a real the hardship out there is just anything beyond you know we've seen and it's um, quite, yeah, it's kind of worrying that you're saying it's going to get worse as well. But why or how have we gotten to this point? How has it been allowed to get so bad? Well, there's many reasons why uh, we've got here. I, I, I kind of put it at a couple of reasons. Number one, we moved away from the building of social housing. Council stopped building social housing. Mm-hmm. Governments, successive governments basically said, oh, we don't need councils to build social housing. Social housing doesn't work. And everything was handed over to the private sector, to developers um, and investor funds. But that was a fundamental mistake because you always need social housing. You always need housing that, you know, people on average incomes and lower incomes can access to. Because the reality is, you know, markets, private sector, private developers, investor funds, landlords, they are the market. They charge what they can charge. Mm -hmm. And if people can't afford it, then they can't access housing. And... They build if it's profitable for them. If it's not profitable for them, they don't build. So you can't guarantee there's a sufficient ongoing supply of housing for average average income earners. Why we got here, they let house prices continue to rise. They let rents continue to rise. They wouldn't, they didn't intervene over the last 10 years because it was about reinflating property prices after the crash to recover the, the, you know, the bank's balance sheets and... Um, and they made a lot of decisions in favour of who I argue, you know, you might call them a privileged group of multiple property owners. Um, they didn't think 
they, they, they weren't concerned, really, if you boil it down with younger generations who are coming up behind people in their 20s, people in their 30s. Um, and they primarily made the decisions for those who owned property already, and particularly multiple property owners. So I you know, call, talk about that in my book, Gaffs, you know, about the generation locked out, the generation mm-hmm. abandoned. And people kind of find it hard to think, did they really make decisions that, like, didn't consider you know, future generations. Yeah. And they did. They did. It's a and bit hard to believe, isn't it, really? Because as you've mentioned before, the right to housing has kind of been forgotten. Absolutely. You know, they just, they're so focused on thinking and, you know, seeing how could we incentivize the investor funds, the vulture funds, that they would provide housing as, again, you know, they, they haven't given tenants rights so tenants can be evicted very easily by landlords mm-hmm. when they're selling up. Um, and they didn't consider, they don't look at housing like a human right. They don't look at it, they see it as an investment asset. And you hear this attitude all the time um, by multiple property owners, you know, it's my property, I'll do what I want with it. Or, you know, uh, And even people people who own homes, you know, during the Celtic Tiger were made think about it like, oh, my property prices keep going up and that's really positive and when I sell it, I'll want to sell it for three or four times its value. Mm-hmm. So all the thinking is, you know, housing is this investment asset. It's a property. But if that's the way you treat housing, then someone has to pay for it. And it's generation rent, generation young people locked out of housing are the ones paying for that now. And I think we have to treat housing as a human right, that that's the way forward, you know, that it's we ensure everybody can have access to an affordable, secure, decent standard home as a basic right, as a basic need. Um, And we lost our way. Yeah, I think we definitely did. Is it true that in other countries that they can't put somebody out of a house if it's being sold? Absolutely, yeah. In Mm. most European countries, you cannot, if you're selling the property, you can't use that as a reason to evict a tenant. Mm. The tenant has to be left in place. So we're really out of step with Europe in terms of the lack of tenant security of tenure in Ireland and particularly the fact that someone can be evicted because the landlord is selling. In many European countries, that is just simply not allowed. And they, you know, are aghast at the idea that a tenant essentially has no real security of tenure in Ireland because if a landlord decides to sell, they can be evicted. And, you know, that is an example of where we haven't looked at housing as a home. You know, rental property has been looked at as an investment asset for those who can afford to buy it. And mm-hmm. government, again, in lifting the eviction ban, showed that they made the decision in favour of investors, of landlords, of multiple property owners. And tenants weren't considered. And I think, you know, when we look at the Taoiseach's comments, he's, you know, I remember in the Dáil, he said, oh, you know, you have to consider landlords, you know, that's a tenant is, is the income of a landlord. And that's the way they look at it. And I just think it's been, they've, they've really completely um, created this disaster because they've failed to see, understand how housing can't be just treated as a market and a commodity. And if you do, people get locked out all the time and these crises happen over and over. It does kind of surprise me as well because they knew the end of the eviction ban was coming. They knew they were going to lift it, but didn't put anything in place or didn't give enough time to put things in place to actually help people. No, and it seems that um, there's obviously different things being said about that, that, mm. um, that the Department of Housing weren't and the Minister for Housing. Apparently, you know, it's, it's been suggested that 
they weren't preparing for the lifting of the eviction ban, that they were going on the basis that it would be extended. But those, uh, the Taoiseach insisted and others around Cabinet insisted, no, it needed to be lifted. Um, whether that's true or not, they clearly didn't put the measures in place, like, you know, the ability of a tenant to have the right to, for, to buy it, um, the ability of, you know, local authorities to buy the properties. That's not set up properly, the tenant in situ scheme. And it's really shocking we heard today from the Dublin Inquirer that they knew that there were 7,000 notices to quit issued to tenants in the last six months of last year and yet still went ahead knowing that a significant amount of those will be made homeless. Like that is just, I, I, I think it's it's shocking and it's a complete failure and duty of care of a government to its people that it would knowingly make a decision that will result in, in, in people being made homeless. I just, I can't get my head around it. I think they've become, I think, so disconnected and so caught on their path that they just can't seem to see any other way around it and they are disregarding I think and, and, and Lee exp, you know disregarding the human misery that's been caused and going to be caused by this mm-hmm. So obviously you can see into the future but by looking at it now what's going to happen next or what's going to be do we have a solution? Well I think there are solutions there you know and, and we've said them you know and I've laid them out in my book, you know, yeah. gaffes very clearly that like, if, if they continue as they are, then we're going to see, you know, evictions take place over the next six months, a year, um, you know, into next year of thousands of people, like actually thousands and thousands of people, many children and families where there's literally nowhere to go to. Um, and in that situation, you're talking about real trauma and you know, a, a dislocation, displacement of people that it's just nothing like we've seen in this country. Mm. But they could, and I think they should, actually reinstate the eviction ban. I think that's a clear uh, alternative that they could do. But it, they should remove the ability of a landlord to automatically evict a tenant when they can sell it. I think that they should, you know, set up a public construction company, a national home building company that would rapidly build homes and public land that's available um, you know, we have four billion put into the rainy day fund. Mm-hmm. They should be properly tackling the vacancy and dereliction. There's, you know, over 160,000 vacant homes. I think they should ban Airbnb and non-primary residences. You know, if it's, you know, we've complete thousands of complete homes being used and rented out on Airbnb. You know, there is a lot of things that could be done, um, and I think that's where we've to see. Look, there is there is hope here if we put in the solutions, um, and we have to keep pushing for them. Absolutely. And people can read more about it in your book, can't they? They can, absolutely. I have <laughs> the crisis explained and the solutions outlined in the book, Gaffs. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, encourage people to, to have a read and I suppose, you know, raise their voice as well and tell their stories and, you know, say this isn't acceptable. You know, it's not. It's not right. It's not right. And, you know, we could, there are solutions there and we should be implementing them. Absolutely. Rory Hearn, thank you very much for chatting to me. Thanks so much.